Hello. Hey, Jake. Hey, what's up, Josh? How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. I uh, have like four classes under my belt at this new gym while I'm back in the Bay Area and some new questions coming up now that are a little bit more like timely, I guess, or more practical, maybe. Cool. Yeah. Excited to help if I can. What's what's going on? Yeah. This one, I think we might have talked about it many months ago, but it first started out as a I thought I was just scared of arm barring people. I was like, oh, I just, man, arm bars just make me really uncomfortable. <laughs> I just think about like accidentally breaking someone's arm and I'm like, man, how much pressure do I apply? I want to make sure to do it slow. So that's where the fear first started. But then I think as I've gone through more classes, I've noticed that I think it's my nature. I'm just like, I think I'm just too nice <laughs> and I'm like scared of hurting people. So I don't like to do like the arm bar things or like, Americanas or like Kimuras, they just make me a little uncomfortable. But so that's like the more specific fear that I'm trying to get over. And then the broader topic is of being maybe a little bit too passive or not like aggressive or assertive enough while rolling. So I'm curious. I thought, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, I feel like maybe not too many people struggle with this, but maybe they do. But curious on your thoughts there because it's very, very real. And I guess this podcast, I'm trying to be just open about the journey. <laughs> so yeah. It's a gift and a curse being being nice. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, no, I I think it's kind of interesting because I kind of went through the, the same little um battle, I would say, uh, as I was coming up in jujitsu. And one thing I would say is is I would much rather be, or at least like from from my perspective, I would much rather be more passive than too aggressive you know i would rather someone say to me like hey you can be a little more aggressive than hey tone it down a bit you need to chill you know um so i think if you're gonna miss you should miss in the as far as like being too passive you know so um i think as a beginner it's not necessarily a bad thing um so yeah with with that said um i think it kind of has to do a little bit with just like a lack of knowledge and knowing when people are safe and when people are in jeopardy kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where if you don't know what to do, the answer is not go harder and, you know, use more intensity. The answer is like, take a step back and chill um, and like analyze the situation. And the same thing applies for submissions, especially joint locks and I think it's pretty rare that like someone's going to like break your arm in an arm bar in training, you know, um, they would have to be either just like a super jerk or, um, like I, I, that's really the only thing I can think of is just they're a jerk, um, that they're going to break your arm. Even but, the face uh, down one, the face down one seems so, oh, <laughs> I don't know. It just sounds so, yeah, like, so like, like gnarly. Those ones get a little weird because there's <laughs> gravity involved right. a bit. Yeah, yeah. So like if you're just like super clumsy and you don't know how to control your body weight and you like come down on their arm, that would be like bad. Um, so like, yeah, like falling body weight, uncontrolled falling body weight, Danaher says is the number one cause of mm-hmm. injury in jujitsu. Uh, wow. um, so yeah, but uh, just going back to like applying submissions, I would say like if you have someone in an arm bar and you're like, I'm just going to let them get out pretty much so they don't have to tap. Um, I think that's a fine 
mentality to have at the beginning. But I think what you can work towards is the way we had a rule where there's three types of pressure. There's tapping pressure, meaning like you're in training and you got me. Okay. I tap. There's popping pressure where you like pop someone's elbow where it's like not broken, but it's just like a little pop. And then they'll probably be fine like a day or two. So that's popping pressure. And then there's like, there's breaking pressure where you just snap someone's arm in half. So the idea is if you have to use more than 40% of your strength to get a tap, then if they didn't tap, you're not going to be able to break their arm. Meaning like at if you're putting 40% effort and they're not tapping, it's because your legs are in a bad position. Your hips aren't oriented correctly. Their elbows not in the right position because you're having to use 40 more percent. Uh -huh. So if you were to ramp it up to hundred percent, you might, you might get popping pressure. You probably get tapping pressure still might get popping pressure, but you're not going to break their, their arm. So like mm -hmm. in a high level competition, they're probably not going to tap, you know, mm -hmm. like you in the highest level, you're going to need to break someone's like, or at least have the ability to break their leg for them to tap, you know? Right, so right. our rule of thumb was if you had to apply more than 40% strength to any submission, you had, you have to adjust your position before applying. You shouldn't apply more than 40%. Does that make sense? Yeah. Got as it. soon as you start applying more than 40%, some energy is bleeding out of the system somewhere. You, you should try and fill that hole as opposed to putting 80% force behind your arm bar, you know? Right. Um, so I feel like when it starts getting in the higher percentages is when you run the risk of an injury. So like for, for my mindset, when I get someone in a joint lock or even a choke for that matter, it's like, I'm trying to only use 40% of my strength to finish this. And I'm trying to get my mechanics better, um, not use more strength to, to finish it. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I don't even think I've ever gotten anyone i guess a joint lock maybe a couple of times but i don't think i've ever gotten anyone in a in an arm bar be, before one because it's it's too scary but two i don't think i actually had the control of the shoulder and like the upper part of the arm i'm just like grabbing the wrist and it just like flies out and you know resets so yeah i think maybe more comfort and more knowledge around it what about the general like what did you go through when you were like being too nice and how'd you how'd you get over it I just think about situations like, oh, I could put a really nasty like cross face and make this guy just super uncomfortable. But sometimes I don't just because I'm like being too nice. Like, did you ever go through that? And how'd you get over that when, when sparring or drilling? Yeah. Um, I think it kind of depends on who I'm rolling with, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the most part, though. Um, I would say I approach that and like, if, if I'm, so if I'm like rolling with someone who like for your, like yourself, who I outweigh by like 30 pounds, I'm probably not even going to like cross face you intent, like with any sort of aggression. And I'll probably try and take a different route. Mm. Um, if I'm being honest, but if someone is my size or bigger than me and I'm like in a good position and I have like a solid cross face, I'll probably like the point of the cross face isn't to just like smash the crap out of them. The point of it is for them to like respect the cross face. So you lift your arm up and I can get the underhook or whatever, mm. like, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm going to basically start off nice and then 
or slowly give you more pressure until you give me the underhook. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like I'm not yeah. just going to keep smashing you. I'm going to smash you just enough till you respect my threat and then I'll move on. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. Because I got what I wanted. So um, obviously that's going to take a little while to implement. Um, but that's how I approach it now. I would say when I was coming up, I my answer, which I don't know if this is right or wrong, but like my answer was to just play more bottom position and like try to set more traps for people that they like walk into as opposed to like trying to force people down a hole, Um, which is why, honestly, I think I kind of drifted away from, from gi training. Cause like, it's all like you take your grips and you hold on. And like, I was always like, if this guy wants to break my grip, it hurts my fingers. I'm just going to let go. You know, I don't really care that much. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, like the instructors are always like, no, you need to like hold your grips and like, you know, force people into your, your positions. And it was like, I'd rather just like let this guy do what he's going to do and me counter it kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that was my answer when I was coming up, which again, I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's the best advice for people, but that's the way I, um, I think I handled it. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think in general, it's probably good for me to play more bottom position anyway. But yeah, there was this kid, um, he was like, turns out he was like 15 years old, but we were sparring, um, at the end of class and he just tapped me like so many times, but a lot of times I just go into bottom position, but I don't really know a lot of attacks. And he kind of gave me this look like, are you going to, are you going to do anything? Like, cause he, he knew he was clearly better. So he, I guess he wanted me to be the aggressor, but there's just, I think there's many times in drilling where my partner is like, Hey, you can, you can put a little more pressure <laughs> and maybe it's cause I'm so skinny that I don't like, I just don't naturally put a lot of pressure in general. Plus I'm being nice. So it's like, damn, this guy does he even really want to try. I, I don't know. Um, it's something I'm, I'm working through still. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's a personality. Yeah, I think I think uh like another thing just to to think about is um like Danaher talks about this too, where like pressure passing like tends to mean like when people say that, it tends to mean like very close, intimate, like smushing type of passing. Where in reality he says there's multiple kinds of pressure. You can put like side to side pressure on people to like use your speed to, you know, put like flanking pressure on them, or you can use forward pressure to like make them, you know, put up frames and things like that to, to hold off your forward pressure. So, um, again, it's kind of like defining terms a little bit, like Mm -hmm. you can use pressure in, in other ways that are less mean, you know, um, like my side to side pressure is going to be less taxing on your body than me, like trying to cross face you and like, you know, put you in some sort of yoga position involuntarily. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. It, it kind of relates to the topic of like when to use, I guess, strength versus technique. Um, yeah. And like not try to over strengthening, but then I'm noticing, I don't know if for me, it feels like sometimes I, I do have to put some force into something to, to hold it. So yeah, some uh, it's a balance of like feeling through, I guess, through each each session of like when is uh, when is this strength being applied unnecessarily? Like, when, why? What am I picking this battle that like I don't need to pick? Like, maybe that grip thing is a good example. Versus like, okay, here's a place where I should apply the strength now. Um, so 
Yeah. I mean, just the fact that you're asking those questions, I think will, will be very beneficial and you probably are going to ask it a lot and feel like you're wasting a lot of energy, you know, um, <laughs> which I think is just, everyone does at the beginning yeah. and everyone yeah, yeah. asks how they get, how do I get better cardio when it comes to jujitsu? It's like, yeah, you get better at jujitsu, you know, right. <laughs> pretty much all there is to it, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I think it'll come. Yeah. I think the big takeaways for me are like, I guess part of the white belt thing is like, maybe we need a little bit of like, on one hand, it's the knowledge and the understanding, like you said, the breaking mechanics and stuff. As I really understand that, I'll trust in myself more. Um, and then second is almost just a little bit of cheerleading. Like, dude, you're on the right path. Like, you're probably just screwing up a little bit, but that's just the path. And I feel like that's what I'm getting also from this conversation. It's like, don't worry. Like, it'll come over time. Yeah. It, yeah. It's one thing that, like, kind of sucks, like, to hear. Um, and, like, I, I just feel like it's kind of weird that, like, jujitsu people brag about, you know, it takes 10 years to get your black belt and like my instructional is 12 hours long. And it's like, okay, well, like, could you just teach it more efficiently? So it's not 12 hours long or like, you know, um, mm. not talking anything, but I love that their instructionals are like 12 <laughs> hours long. <laughs> Every minute is like gold, but um, yeah, like I think it's just interesting how we brag kind of about like how long it takes for things. Mm -hmm. um, and in general, like, you know, my goal is to try and make it more efficient and like try and, you know, figure out what techniques are, are the most effective and figure out the best ways to practice those techniques to make your training time as efficient as possible. So it doesn't take 10 years, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's pretty complicated stuff. And like, there's so many variables and like, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like the gray area where like, you're trying to be as efficient as possible, but at the same time, you got to kind of understand it's, it's part of the process. It's, it's yeah. complicated stuff we're doing here. Bit, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Cool. So all, for all the people out there that are like me, just being way too nice. Yeah, I guess we'll just we'll just learn as we go. And then I like what you said about the weights though. Like if someone's way heavier than me, like you know, I have noticed that I'm definitely not as nice because they have such a big advantage, you know. So I'm like I can try as hard as I can. It's still probably not gonna be equal to what they normally face anyway. Right. So, yeah, and so like that's a good point to highlight. It's especially if like they're bigger than you and like I, I mean, I deal with this sometimes, but like they're bigger than you. And then like you kind of are like playing a little bit and then like they pass your guard and just like smash the crap out of you. And it's like, okay, well, like when I get on top of you, like what goes around comes around kind of thing. Like I'm not going to let yeah. you get out. You know, I'm not going to make myself suffer through that again. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. And it goes to that so point think, of yeah, like people, matching. people feel your energy. Yeah. Right. Like matching the energy, matching the pace. Yeah. Cool. Short and sweet today. Cool, cool. That's how that's how we planned it. Yeah, so, yeah. Cool. Like one for twelve. <laughs> Short and sweet episodes. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Cool. Yeah. I'll catch you on the next one. Later, Josh. See ya.